Boom. What is up? Another episode of Simmel Sunline 365. Thanks again for stopping by, joining. If you're first time watching, we appreciate you being here. Uh, and we're just dropping a special episode because we want to wrap up the weekend, give you something to watch in the morning in case you hate your job or you just need something to listen to real quick and get uh, caught up on everything you may have missed because you had uh, a lot of, a lot going on this weekend. Uh, so as you may have heard, uh, Travis J entered the portal this weekend. And while it's not statistically a major loss to the Florida State Seminoles, uh, it is a depth. Uh, it, it affects the depth of this football team. Uh, as I'll show you on the screen right here, uh, and as you probably are already aware of if you uh, if you follow the team, uh, we've been purging a lot of our defensive backs of recently from the due to uh, due to the portal. And while, like I said, we're not losing starters per se, you've lost a lot of rotational pieces, and you're you've lost so many to this point that it's going to start affecting you in terms of injury wise. How if you lose in a keen dent, if you lose a Shaheen Brown to anything at this point, uh, it's going to affect your performance on the field in my eyes, because look at what you have behind them. You got a freshman in KJ Kirkland, you got a freshman in Conrad Hussey. And that's about it, right? In, in terms of what you can rotate in there. Now you could say you, you could maybe move some other pieces around Sarah Thomas, uh, Kevin Null, you, you know, you could do stuff like that, but you, you take out Travis J out of this lineup here and, and look what you have. You, there's not much left. There, there's not much left. Um, so, and when you, when you think about, you know, when you're losing pieces earlier in the year, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, right? You know, you lost, uh, you know, you lost Brandon Gantz who, who moved over to the linebackers. That wasn't bit. You lost Damari Tate, you know, your cornerback there, um, wasn't bad. It wasn't playing that much. Then you lost, uh, Amarion Cooper. That's a big loss because he, he was actually probably biggest loss this week out of all the players you lost this week because of his experience and his ability to make plays. Right. Um, that was your biggest loss there. Um, and, and then you lost, you know, it was Sam McCall, right? If Sam McCall would have stayed, he would have had the probably biggest potential to play based of all of all these transfers, right? He he most likely transferred out because he didn't feel like he was getting playing time. And think about it. If he would have stayed, he would have been getting the playing time he wanted and would have had to transfer out to, to Texas A&M of all places. Um, he could have just stayed home and got the playing time he wanted. So, so you want to look about, you know, Malik Feaster transferred out to Memphis once again, he transferred into Florida State, really didn't give it a chance, and then transferred out. Uh, you lost him. So you've lost four defensive backs this offseason during the transfer portal offseason. And yeah, you're, you're, you're dangerously low in terms of looking at what you have available to you so far. And I think it has to be a concern at this point about injuries. If I was Coach Norvell and staff, I would have a Hakeem Dent and Shaheen Brown literally in bubble wrap. I would have bodyguards following it. I would take away any electric scooters, any rollerblade, you know, kids don't do roll, rollerblades, uh, hover bikes, whatever the hell that they could trip up on or whatever it could be. I would have them bubble wrap because that is how concerning the depth chart has to be right now at the defensive back. So I, I don't know if you all feel this way. Tell me in the chat, but does, does losing that many defensive backs and now with Travis J being the latest one this weekend, does that concern you at all? Or do you think, no, we got young guys that can step in. It's ha it's not a concern. Even if we add one guy from the transfer portal, a, you know, even though the, tr the transfer portal for undergraduates is closing this Sunday or is closing on the, on the 30th of April, or it will be closed on May 1st, you know, we can still get a graduate transfer in. That'll be fine. We don't have to overreact to this news. So I want to hear what you guys think. I'm, I'm a little bit, overreacting to us, I think, just because we uh, Marion Cooper was kind of like the tip of the or it was the tip of the iceberg um 
are kind of was the biggest loss that felt it. Um, but when you look at all of it together, it is a bit concerning. And when you see it on a depth chart like this. So something to keep in mind, how concerned are you about this, about the depth chart? Um, and should we be concerned? Do we need to be concerned? Because I'm sure Mike and staff are looking at their options now. And that kind of goes into our, our next conversation, which is can Florida State go into the portal and land a transfer DB? And a DB that can make plays, right? I'm not talking about going in and getting a guy that's had one snap over four years or one snap over three years. I think you need a guy that can actually rotate in and make some plays for this ball club if we want to actually have a championship caliber, ACC championship caliber team, right? You you don't need some some guy that's never seen the field. That's not what we're, what we're looking for. We need a guy that can tra- transfer it in and be ready to play and make plays against likes of Clemson, LSU, and so forth. And so Florida State, in that regard, got some good news because – Think about it. Florida State now is under the scholarship limit. We're at 80 scholarships, probably 79 actually right now because of Travis Jade leaving. So you're at least at 80, 79 with a max of 85. So you, you have a lot of flexibility in what you could in the place you can make in the transfer portal. Even though it's closed, you can go after graduate transfers. So you're going to look at be looking at experienced guys. You did get some good news tonight. And the good news was that you made the top six for a guy by the name of Jalen Key. Jalen Key is from UAB. Uh, this is a guy that really was a late bloomer in terms of his production. Um, and, and what I mean by that is I'll actually pull up some of the stats right here for you. As you can see here, this guy didn't do much his first three, two years of college at UAB. You know, as he didn't, he didn't play, you know, made an appearance in all 14 games his freshman year, but only had three tackles. He registered his freshman year, sophomore year, uh, seven games, one start, nine tackles on the season, junior year, uh, he, you know, appeared in 10 games, uh, six tackles on a year. That's it. And then his last junior, a redshirt junior year, he was all, con, you know, all, all in the role mentioned, all conference, uh, third, in, third on the team in tackles. Uh, it was 60, three interceptions, four tackles for loss, two forced fumbles. Big thing to note on this is 12, his career high 12 tackles were against LSU. Uh, and he led the defense uh, in passes defended uh, uh, with a pop, top passes defended. Uh, and that was a statistic. Uh, he was one of the top uh, passive defended players in the nation. So not just for UAB, but in the nation. I think that metric against LSU is the thing that stands out to me is that he did get to play against a top quality competition. And one of his best games of the year was against LSU in that in that primetime matchup for them. So, and that's someone that says, okay, he's seen what LSU can do. He sees what he's been gone against that great competition. That's someone you're going to have to face week one, right? So I think that that's something that really stands out to me. Uh, probably why they're recruiting him, first of all. The other thing that gives Florida State a little bit of recruiting edge, uh, if you didn't already know, is that he played at Goodby and his hometown, you know, obviously is Tallahassee. So two good things that are in uh, Florida State's corners that this is a guy that's got one year left to play uh, uh, from my recollection, one year left to play. Does he want to play in front of his hometown crowd? This guy in a statement said he he wants to be developed for the next level. He, he wants to showcase himself and, and be ready to play for the next level. And this guy's only really had one big year on his on his record. So what I would pitch him is say, hey, come home, play in front of your hometown uh, uh, hometown crowd, your friends and family. We're going for an ACC championship. You see what our roster looks like. You have we have the most potent offense in the ACC. We have playmakers on defense. You can be part of that. You see what's in front of you, right? You have the opportunity to be one of the starting defensive backs on this team. You'll be able to come in, potentially play right away and be on the national stage in terms of playing for the ACC championship and maybe a playoff berth, right? You could sell that to him right away. You can sell all those things to him, and especially playing at home in front of, in front of, uh, from his friends and family. 
I, I think you have a great opportunity to get this kid based on that pitch. Um, and also, this is a big body guy, right? 6'2", 210. This is not a small defensive back. So I, I think this is the type of guy that they want to get in um, into the system now. And I, I like those, those, those measurements on him. You need some of these big receivers against some of the big guys you're going to be facing against LSU and Clemson. So I, I, I really I really like the guy, the way this guy is made up. And he's peaking at the right time, right? He's an older, more experienced guy who's starting to peak at the right time in his development. So I, I really uh, I really like this. The thing that I think will be made tough is that you are going to be probably competing against Alabama and Ohio State for his services. And Alabama can sell that, hey, we got we get defensive backs to the next level. We, we are DB factories. Same with Ohio State. We are DB factories, right? Florida State, they, you know, they could negatively recruit and say, hey, look at Jamie Robinson. He was – you know, he came in, he, he just got to the fifth round, right? You know, well, you know, Alabama and Ohio State can definitely re- recruit against that potentially. I'm not saying that's right That's right for them to do because that, you know, getting to NFL is tough regardless of where you do. And Jimmy Robinson started at South Carolina and he came to Florida State, was all ACC, then got drafted. Whether it was first or fifth round, he got drafted. So, but Alabama can say, well, look what we do with all our defensive backs. Whether we, Ohio State could do the same thing. So you could see some negative recruiting there because all you hear about all our trash rivals is, oh, Florida State only got one guy drafted this year, da, da, da. I, once again, I don't know if, if pe- people who know football like look into these things, but that's one thing they could do. But I think Florida State has a lot of good ships in their basket in terms of they, they develop transfers the right way. They're, we're a winning program now, you know, 10 wins coming off 10 wins. And the you know and, the, and one of the best offenses. In, so we're we're gonna be competing. They can sell. They're competing for something big this year. Your hometown kid, come home, make a mark in your hometown, and let's go for it together. So I, I think they got a good shot. It's great that they're they're competing for this because they, I, in my opinion, they have they 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 don't have to land this kid, but they 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 you know certainly it would be a huge huge win going into the season if you get this guy, and that would take away all my concerns at, about depth at DB. What do you think? Do you think that it's a make or break if they don't land if they don't land this kid? Is it make or break? It's going to be you're going to be very concerned if they can't land this kid, or do you think they can pick up some other guy? There's a lot of DBs in the portal right now. I'll have to say that this isn't like defensive tackle or defensive end. There's a lot more defensive backs in the portal right now than I thought, but there's not as many that have experience and as as many stats as this guy does. I'll I'll, I'll say that. So I think it'd be a big big win if they would get that. It would erase my fears that I have right now. Uh, so I'll say that. That gets me into our, our next thing. And we're talking about draft, you know, guys drafted, negative recruiting, how they could, you know, he want this guy wants to go to the next level. It's some draft news. Uh, so as you may have may have read or, or you know, watched this past weekend, I'm not so much into the draft. Um, but I was interested because not to make Florida State guys were eligible. Um, but Jamie, Jamie Robinson did go fifth round to the Panthers, which I do think is a good spot for him. Um I think FSU media was a little bit overhyping him after after the bowl games and stuff like that, saying, "Oh, he's going to go top two rounds, maybe a first. You know, he he's not uh, he's not this freak of nature athlete uh, who can run all across the field, and he's not like a Kyle, you know, a Hamilton that was at Notre Dame. He's not like a Jalen Ramsey. He's not like a Derwin James. Like those those were athletic freaks who could do all the things that Jimmy uh, uh, J- Jamie does and more." Um, Jamie's his own player. He plays the scheme well. He's physical. He can finish tackles, um, but he's he's not those players, right? But he played the scheme extremely well and came on last year very, very well. And that's why it was all easy to see, right? And I think he slipped a little bit by most projections, but I think going to the Panthers where you can go in and compete right away, 
And, and within two to three years, if he plays his cards right and, and works his butt off, he'll he'll have the opportunity to to be in the starting rotation. So I think it's a great spot for him, and I think he'll have a chip on his shoulder. So I think it's a great landing spot for him. Uh, but for as as far as other guys, no one else got drafted, so it's one Florida State guy drafted overall. Uh, there were three other guys, as far as I know so far, that have been uh, picked up as undrafted free agents. Um, which I think is also good. Being picked up as an undrafted free agent most a lot of times is better than being drafted in like the fifth or sixth or seventh round where you're going to a situation that may not be good for you or you're like the fourth guy or fifth guy on their depth chart and it's just like not – you're and then you're committed to them to go into their camp and stuff like that. It's not a great situation. Versus being undrafted, you can kind of field offers and then pick the one that's right for you based on what you see, evaluate the roster to be, right? Um, so I, I think it's better to be – you know, better be in that situation versus being a late, 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 late round uh, pickup. Uh, so a couple of those guys, Robert Cooper, he got picked up. Uh, by, he's going to Seahawks. He'll be in their camp as an undrafted free agent. So he'll get to compete there. I don't think it's surprising that he didn't get drafted, in my opinion. Uh, you know, Robert just, he was never, never, in my eyes, met that next level of like explosiveness. You know, he was a solid player, but that's what he was. He was just a solid player. Uh, he, he was the trench monster, as people called him. But, uh, you know, uh, you could say he was or what he was not. But I, I don't think, you know, once again, good guy, good player, um, but just wasn't an all ACC plus caliber guy. Right. Uh, in terms of production, in my eyes, um, other guys uh, that got signed were um, uh, other guys uh, that were to think about. I was thinking about other guys. Um, who were at Florida State previously. James Blackman got signed to the to the Dolphins. That was cool to see that guy. Went through hell at Florida State, you know, good and bad. He made some bad plays, made some good plays. Four offensive coordinators in three years, I think it was. But he went to Arkansas State, showed off a little bit, uh, and then he goes to the Dolphins, which is cool to see. Um, so I'm, I'm happy for that guy. That guy took a beating at Florida State. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it, you know, and he gets signed. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. I, I think that guy carried himself pretty well at Florida State for all the crap he got put through. So I'm uh, I, I'm glad to see um Got to see him. And then a uh, guy, uh, uh, McDonald, uh, the tight end, he uh, got signed by the Packers, which is cool to see. So I think that's a uh, – that'll be interesting with a new quarterback, Aaron Rodgers out. He'll be signed with Packers. going to compete with four or five other guys on that uh, on that roster to see if he can make a, make a name for himself and, and stand out a little bit. The guy, Dylan Gibbons, didn't get signed. White Rector hasn't been signed yet um, with them. So that's – I don't think that's surprising. White Rector, I think – potentially could be a special teams guy. Um, so that's something to watch. The guy I'm most interested to watch, I got signed of the three. So it was, it was Cam McDonald, um, Robert Cooper got signed, Cam McDonald got signed, and then Pokey Wilson. Uh, he got signed uh, with the Chargers. I think he, of all those guys, has the most potential to make be a, a longer-term player in the league. Just because he sh- he's shown the ability, he's shown flashes that he could be be a pro player. He just never really emerged as a number one wide athlete state, but he's got speed, size, athletic ability, length to be that four fourth receiver on the team. Right. And then potentially step in when someone gets injured. And we've seen that with the Chargers, right? They get these under the radar guys at times and, and players emerge from there from time to time. Um, I, I think he has all the tools to be a, a, a good to great player. Um, and he just, it just never all came together at Florida State due to the different situations. And, you know, he stuck around with the program for a while. So I give him a ton of credit for that. He made some big catches for Florida State. Um, I think in the NFL, in the right scenario, 
if some breaks go his way and he stays healthy, I think he could be around for a while as like a utility receiver that just is, is there for depth purposes purposes. And that sometimes breaks out every so often if the, if, if he gets a chance. Right. So I I'm really excited for pokey to get a chance with the chargers as an undrafted free agent. I hope, I hope he makes the roster um, after many camps and stuff like that. So excited for him. So th- those are the signings so far. Uh, we'll see if guys, like, like I said, like white rector, uh, Jarquez McClellan, Len Warner, um, Dylan Gibbons, those guys, if those guys end up signing somewhere. But uh, yeah, those th- that's it so far. And the last thing I want to touch on that I had here is that we're talking, we were talking about portal. We don't like to talk about, people don't like to hear about basketball. Um, but I think it's, it's interesting to decline that program's had in the last couple of years. And, and that it seems like no one in the NIL, NIL space at Florida State cares about it. And they're just going to let it see it burn. But uh, Coach Hamilton did finally get a big transfer to sign for the program. Uh, which is a positive sign. Uh, he got Primo Spears from uh, from Georgetown uh, to commit to the program, which is, like I said, a positive. This guy is a is a baller. He's a certified baller. He, uh, if you if you haven't heard about him, he started his career at Duquesne as a under the radar prospect, averaged twelve points per game for them. Then transferred over to Georgetown. He averaged six and six five and three for them. Six five and yeah, three plus rebounds for them this past season. Balled out for them. And he's going to take his services to Florida State now and have, I think, two years of eligibility left. Now, you may say that's a great pickup for Leonard Hamilton. Why, why are you complaining? Uh, the reason I'm complaining is that Florida State has lost, as you can see here, they've lost two, if not three of their top three scores in Matthew Cleveland and Caleb, Caleb Mills. Caleb Mills, as you can see, he went to Memphis. Matthew Cleveland's probably going to go to Auburn or Missouri. Um, and then you lost Jeremiah B- uh, Brenbury, uh, who is one of your uh, top freshman prospects. Uh, he played, I think, pretty well this last year. Naheem McLeod, another younger guy on your team, uh, is transferring out. Um, you just lost a lot of your – you lost two of your top players on the team, uh, whether it's due to cultural – I don't know. You, you, a good program wouldn't lose your top two score, especially without a coaching shakeup, right? Leonard Hamilton isn't going anywhere, but you lost your two top scores from the program, which isn't a positive sign. Um, and and Primo Spheres can offset a little bit of that as a player, but Matthew Cleveland and Caleb Mills are two big, big, lo- big losses for your program. And then you lose two other guys on it, and it, you're not going to be able to replace that. So I see Florida State as another 9-12 to 12 win program again. Um and it's just it's just sad to see the decline of Florida State for, of basketball and, and the lack of commitment from the AD to do something to fix it. Um, but that that's a whole other tangent we can go on some other time. I just want y'all to be aware that I'll give credit where credit's due. And, and with Leonard Hamilton signing Primo Spears, I think it's a good pickup. And once again, they're able to sell to him just like with what Colorado's doing and Coach Prime's doing in, in football. Is that Florida State has a lot of scholarship time or playing time available. And a place where you can come and play in the ACC, play in prime time, and, and showcase your talents on a big-time level. And, and to his credit, Leonard Hamilton has got a bunch of guys recently to the NBA, and that's something Primo Spears is probably interested in. So, you know, opportunity uh, is available. A lot of scholarships are available. And Primo Spears and Leonard Hamilton is able to sign a guy that guys like Kansas and, and those were trying to sign. So just like Coach Prime is doing right now, he was able to uh, get some guys in. And now Florida State's getting in a somewhat similar scenario, uh, but they're trying to, uh, coming off a horrible season, trying to uh, re- redo the roster, so to speak. But um, good signing by Coach Ham, but I don't think it's going to be enough to uh, to turn things around uh, without some major, major staff changes. So 
we'll keep you updated there. But for now, that's it. Uh, we'll keep you posted uh, on these signings uh, with Jalen Key if uh, he commits from UAB anytime soon. But let me know in the chat. Do you think that? Do you think that Florida State needs to sign one, two, three DBs out of the portal? Whether it's one experienced guy and two other kind of made major FCS guys to to fill out the roster in terms of depth. Or do you think they need to use those scholarships other places on the roster? Do you, you know, defensive line, defensive end, linebacker, another receiver. You know, people have been talking about receivers. We've talked about receiver. Maybe putting another body in there with some mild uh, to adequate level of experience there. Cake returner. Uh, that's another issue. So uh, let us know in the chat. Great talk to you. Have a great next week. You're watching this on Monday. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Talk to you soon. Take care.